All right, welcome back, guys. Another podcast. Um, cranking a few out here, settling back in. We had a, we had, are coming back off the weekend. Um, ben, you're posted out with all the ones we we recorded last week, so you're gonna get this one nice and fresh. Um, if you're following us on Instagram, you saw or and Facebook, I suppose too, because I think they all go there. You saw we were up to some things this last weekend. Um, really productive weekend, I would say, um, from both a business standpoint and just like a, a relaxing, enjoying um, life point of view. And uh, I think that's important. I, I, I think it's important under normal circumstances. I think it's even more important these days. Um, I think one of the things I said was it was a reminder that you know, nature is open for business and business is good. It, regardless of whether things are shut down, whether things are slow to reopen, all of that stuff, and I get it. I'm not discounting the importance of it, but I don't think uh, that there was any impacts on, in this weekend in our situation, trout streams. Trout streams were not impacted, and uh, we, we took advantage of it. Um, newfound little passion for myself probably on the i'm on the tip of it not quite 100 percent committed i started dabbling with it a couple years ago i bought a fly rod and reel um and i looked at it the last two years i never just couldn't i just didn't make the commitment you know my my time to fish is limited when i would get into a trout stream trout trout fishing is pretty pretty new to me um, have only done it the last few years. Fell in love with it. Probably my favorite, one of my favorite things to do all year. We don't do it that often. We go on a couple trips, but um, it's just, I love it. And I was chicken to to do the fly stuff. It was for two reasons. Uh, one was I didn't want to I didn't want to sacrifice my time in the in the creek. I am in the phase as a trout fisherman of I like to catch them. Uh, I also like to eat them. So I'm in this phase where I, I want to catch fish. I want to be able to do meals with them. I enjoy sharing it with my family. Um, so that that I'm in this early stage as a trout fisherman, I believe. No different than when I was in an early stage of being a deer hunter. I shot every deer I saw. I loved eating them. I loved shooting them. I loved everything about it. I loved the idea of putting all of the stuff together and then getting a reward out of it. And it was venison. So that was an evolution. Today, I... I I let way more deer go. I let deer go now that I never that I dreamt about when I was younger. Things have changed. Opportunities have changed. My mindset has changed. My priorities have changed. Lots of things changed. So you continue to evolve and change as a hunter. Um, I think the same is true as a fisherman. Well, anyway, doing this trout fishing was a challenge. It was something new. It was awesome. Those spinning rods and just a lot of fun. Beautiful stuff you see. The stuff you see trout fishing is different than anything else. The stuff you hear trout fishing is different than anything. Just standing in the creek and listening, not even fishing, is a, is a real rewarding thing that uh, I, uh, I overlooked for most of my life. And, and even if I had the opportunity to take it in, I didn't. And now I, now I am. But So then you add the challenge and you start talking about fly fishing. Well, fly fishing is a completely different animal. And, and new and intimidating. And I partially didn't do it because I partially didn't trout fish because I thought it was too tough and too hard and too difficult. And I didn't know anything about it. I jumped into it a little bit. I realized, you know what? It's not that hard. It's not that tough. Uh, it's very rewarding. Did it. Now all of a sudden I go, well, what about fly fishing? And I watched a river run through it. I know what it's supposed to look like. And I couldn't make it happen. Uh, the places I fished didn't look like that. 
I wasn't good at it. I would, I spent, I brought my fly rod once fishing. Um, the first year it wasn't, it was my great grandpa's. That was another thing I wanted to use my great grandpa's. So I did, uh, I took it fishing. I spent way more time in, in trees than I did in water, uh, broke, lost all my equipment. I was like, this is, it was frustrating. It was something I didn't want to go through. Um, and so I quit, I quit doing it. I went back to a spinning rod. Well, I, I still wanted to, I just didn't know. Well then Ben and I, Ben, Ben, uh, is this your first, this is your first time fly fishing, right? right? So Ben bought, bought in on it. So, uh, trout, he's been trout fishing for a long time, just not fly fishing, more experienced trout fishing than I do. Um, equal experience when it comes to flies. So we, he went with me, we went to tight lines, fly fishing in De Pere. I'm going to plug them because they are worth the plug. Uh, they are just awesome. They help you understand it better. They set you up properly. So tight lines, fly fishing, we went there and Tim, the owner took us through and gave us just a ton of information. Now, this is the second time I've gotten a download of information from their fly shop. It's just the first time I let it go in one ear and out the other because I, I, I wasn't, I just wasn't ready this time. Young Ben here under my tutelage will become a fly fisherman. I, I say it jokingly, but probably the opposite. I'll fly fish because he's into it now. And I don't think he's as, um, he's not persuaded to give up on something like that as quite as easily as I am. So we got our fly fishing stuff. Our buddy Chris is into fly fishing. So we, we went with him. Um, we fly fished. We found some success. And the, and the reason we found success was I didn't even realize that you could fly fish without a dry fly. I thought you had to have a dry fly. I didn't know how to keep the dry fly up out of the water. I didn't realize you should go upstream as opposed to downstream. I just had no idea or no concept of the sport itself. And because of that, I had no success. And when I had no success, I became upset. And when I became upset, I quit doing it. I went back to the old way. I went back to something I was used to doing and knew I could catch a fish. So... But I learned you can fish streamers, you can fish nymphs, you can fish downstream, you can use a strike indicator. It's a bobber. It's a freaking bobber. I didn't realize that they used bobbers, but they don't call them bobbers. But it's just this whole world of fly fishing that I didn't know about and realize, you know what? It's nowhere near as intimidating. It's nowhere near as stuffy. It's nowhere near as uh, hoity-toity that I thought it was. Now, can it be? Sure, if you make it into it. But a couple hillbillies like us with nice waders we bought really nice waders and boy that makes it easier uh you know i'm used to the neoprene heavy duty warm things that i duck hunted with and i'm trying to sl make my way down a river and i'm sweating harder on the inside than it would be wet on the outside so when i take the waders off i'm still soaked i just all that stuff made it uncomfortable and miserable the first year i went fly fishing i bought a cheap pair of frog togs and i had them leaking before i even got to the creek so it wasn't that comfortable and it kind of hurt my feet and it was a little bit miserable but thankfully i enjoy i loved the fishing so much it was it was worth the sacrifice of these waders now we got nice waders sims you got orvis we got sims they're expensive but worth every penny because i love it i'll walk in those things without any issue i can walk into places and not worry about them tearing i it's just so you get the right equipment you get the right mindset. You get the right partners that are committed to it as well. You get a little knowledge that goes along with it. And all of a sudden, I'm dreaming and watch. I'm watching YouTube videos and falling asleep dreaming about the next chance I get to go in the creek. So 
this whole fly fishing evolution for me is it started this weekend. I mean, it really poured on this weekend. It, it started a while back, but I, tr- I let it trickle for just a little while, and now we're now we're going. But anyway, so I start out with the fly fishing. Now, how does that connect to dogs? Well, it's really simple how it connects to dogs. There's a lot of people that approach dog training the way I did fly fishing. They didn't know shit about it. They didn't have the right equipment. They kind of got burnt out with it because it didn't go very well to start out, and they just didn't put the pieces together. But then if you find, like, I hope I'm the Tim Landwehr, the tight lines fly fishing of dog training for some people because he gave me enough information in a really short period of time without, like, taking me to a creek, without going and catching me fish. Like, he he gave me information that was I could process it, I could digest it, I could apply it. He didn't overwhelm me. One of the things he said was, I'm not going to overwhelm you guys. He went through the flies section, and we bought this little case to put them in. And he and I had I had bought a lot of flies in the past, but I didn't have a little case to put them in. And I have no idea where those flies are anymore. So one of the things was I spent all this money on stuff, and I just lost it because I didn't have the right equipment to organize it. Well, that's a training bag. Okay, that's, that's if you've got a training bag, you can keep your stuff in order. Well, I didn't have the training bag. I didn't have the case, and I bought a lot of flies, and they were just they didn't do me any good because some of them are probably in my tackle box for catching crappies, and the other, and I don't even know where that is anymore because I don't. I mean, it's just I was totally disorganized. Well, he gave us this, got us this little case. He walked us through the fly options, the nymph options, the streamer options. Ben wanted to get a little popper because he wanted to catch some bluegills, so we went through and. He said, I'm not going to overwhelm you guys. I'm going to give you just enough to get you going, give you a taste, and, and, a, and enough so that you don't get confused. So use, he picked out the, he said, this, this, and this will always catch you fish. It might not be the best lure or the fancy, whatever. It, it might not be, when you're into this serious down the road, you might look to get a little of this or a little of that, or you might tie your own that's custom to this or that. He said, you don't need that right now. You need this, this, and this. Wooly bugger? What was it? Wooly bugger, streamers, nymphs, and dry flies. And dry flies, but they were like caddis. One was a yeah. caddis. One was a this. One was a that. He said, three things. You'll catch fish with it. Don't worry about it. You'll catch fish. And he was right. And so because he made it sound simple like that, I went and I tried it. A bit reluctantly, the first day I didn't. The first day I still wouldn't bring it. Well, I didn't have my reel because I, I didn't wear my because I didn't know where my reel was. I couldn't find my reel the first day, so I went with the spinning rod. But I still was a little bit hesitant to do it. These guys did it. It made me want to do it. And so later on in the weekend, I did it. I tried it. I borrowed Chris's rod and, and did it and found a little success. And then I did did it the next day and found a little more success. And now all of a sudden I'm I'm really excited about we're going on a trout trip in a week. And I can't wait. We're going to heaven. We're going to Grand Marais, Michigan. It's just a it's the most beautiful place in the world. No, it's not like it's not like we're going to uh, uh, out west or anything like that, where you know, that's probably and there's better rivers and there's better streams around, but we're going to go to a beautiful place and we're going to do this. And I'm going to really have a great time. So it's, I hope it's similar for some people with dogs. Now, let, so we're, why were we fly fishing on Saturday? Well, if you saw our Instagram, you saw I had a really some cool stories with some English setters. Uh, a lot of people messaged me, which one is yours? Which one's yours? I, there were some puppies. I didn't get one. I put a deposit down for a year from now. Because that I've been thinking about it for three years. 
And I've talked to a dozen kennels in between now and then. Uh, messaged, direct messaged, Instagram messaged, uh, emailed, phone. And searching for what I thought was the right one. I started out in English pointers. I thought I was going to get an English pointer. I wanted That's what I wanted. I've shifted and switched to setters. I think they're a better fit for me. I think they're. I think I like their. I, from what I've seen, I think it's a better. It's a better fit, and I like their style a little bit more. And for the hunting I'm going to be doing, that I my goals are. I want it for. I want it as an upland dog, obviously, and I want it to hunt grouse and woodcock. And if we hunt some pheasant with it, great. If we hunt some chuckers, great. If we hunt some um, sharp tails, great. If we get a, ever see a quail, great. But grouse and woodcock is what I'm buying it for, and I feel and from what everyone I've talked with is, you know, if your dog can handle the grouse, it can handle any bird out there. And so, yeah, we're challenging ourselves, but that's what's here. That's what I have to hunt. That's where our cabin is. So we went, we visited, we met with the, I I didn't put a deposit down until I met with the people. I didn't, and I emailed with them prior to that and they were fantastic. They were exactly, they were the fifth kennel of setters that I talked with. They were the first ones that I felt strong enough to say, let's set up an appointment and drive for four and a half hours from here uh, to go see them, which four and a half hours isn't that far. So, but we went and we met with them and they were fantastic people. And I, I just think you have to have this gut feel about where you're getting your dogs from because the dogs are important. The genetics are important. The health is important. The all those parts of the dog are really important. I get asked by a lot of people, what do you, how do you get the right kennel? How do you get the right puppy? First off, I don't think you pick the right puppy. I think you pick the right breeder. I think you pick the right litter. And then the puppies are the puppies. And, and you go with your gut. I don't think you overcomplicate things. You do make sure that it's the right fit. And the right fit is their hunting style, their training style, their lifestyle. It's all got to line up. And whenever it does, you've got the right puppy or the right kennel or the right litter. But it... It's behind the kennel that that matters too is the people. Because if you've got problems, you know I've had some, I've I've looked at some that just weren't responsive. I mean, it, it was a chore to get answers. It was a, it was like I was bothering them to get answers or try to set up meetings. And I went, man, if that's the case that I'm a potential customer, what's going to happen if I am a customer and I've got an issue? You think it's hard to get a hold of them now, man? It's really going to be hard to get a hold of them and line things up then. That's my opinion. So I want to make sure that it's the right people behind the dogs. And so we went to Northwoods Bird Dogs. It's Jerry, Coulter, Betsy. They were just super, super people and beautiful dogs. I mean, just they're the right style dogs for me. Um, and and it, I can get into the reasons of that. You know, I, warm eyes. Just great disposition on these dogs. They looked at us. Every one of them came to us and met us at the kennel door and was just calm and not aggressive and like not spooky or scared. Uh, just they were just awesome personalities on these dogs. And then we took them. Then I said, you know, we we were there for four and a half hours. I mean, these guys gave us four and a half hours of their time, and they didn't know who we were prior to being there. So. And it didn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who we, they, they would, I, I just, they were just, you could tell they were genuinely good people. And then what they did was they, so then we, we talked and we saw their dogs and we went through all this stuff. And then I said, I really would like to see them in the field. 
and it was midday and it was warm and it was, you know, obviously they, I, I, they didn't have it planned. I didn't ask him ahead of time. So, but he, he, and I think there was a sense of hesitation of, man, I don't, you know, geez. And I felt a little bit guilty about asking, but I also went, man, I gotta, I gotta, if I don't and we drive home, I'm going to go, what do they look like in the field? How do they handle in the field? Do they handle the way I would want or think? Cause I don't know anything about them. And so he said, yeah, give me a minute. So we, he went out, he put some birds out. He took a young dog out, a year old dog that's in training, which was much, I didn't really think about it at the time, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm going, probably the best thing for me to see was that as opposed to a four or five-year-old finished dog. I, Because I, this one blew me away. And I was like, and it's in training and it's young. So it was a real, real cool experience that, that he gave us complete i say it was a complete experience because we saw inside the kennels we saw outside the kennels but it was also then we were talking after and and i said something you know i felt i said you know i just i really appreciate your your willingness to do this because i do feel like kind of a we asked a lot and he said and, and his answer back jerry's answer back to me was you guys you guys made a major commitment to come here and look at this uh, it's the least i can do and i think he was dead serious like and so when I think about it that way, he's probably right. I mean, I don't look at it like it was a major thing. It was what we needed to do. It was what I felt we needed to do to ensure we were doing what we want to do, what we're going to, nothing is a guarantee, but we can do as much homework or as little homework as we want. We can cross our fingers and hope for the best, or we can stack the deck in our favor as best we can. And that's what we're hoping to do here. And so... So yeah, so we left. We put a deposit down. We're gonna we're gonna look at setters uh, for next next year, um, and I, I can't tell you how excited I am about it. Now at the same time, we came home with an unexpected surprise. So we, then we, so then we went fishing. After that, we drove through some great country uh, in the northwest part of the state, and so we fished some rivers on the way back. Um, we did a little fishing up kind of near the cabin on the way home, and so we got this great outdoor weekend. Um, accomplished quite a bit. The other thing we did was we picked up a golden retriever and that was unexpected. It was my parents' dog. They've got a five-month-old dog named Cedar uh, and she is a handful. And she was, my mom is having a hard time. She's got a bad, she, her back is sore. She needs some surgery. And this puppy is literally, she's nervous because it, she'll jump up on her. She'll pull her. And if her back tweaks out, she'll she'll literally hit the ground because she just it's, she's in that kind of pain. And my dad is at his kind of last, and my dad's a pretty patient guy, but he's just, he's like me. If he doesn't know any, if he, he won't pick the fly rod up if he, if he's just like me. Doesn't know enough about it, he's not going to pick the fly rod up. Well, he's got himself a dog. He's always had dogs. They always had golden retrievers. And so this one is a hot little dog. A lot of energy. Uh, comes from field trial lines, American field trial lines. Nice dog. Um, but we picked her up, and they, and they asked me, they said, she's too much for us right now and we're struggling. Would you be willing to help us? Would you be willing to? And that was hard for them to ask. I know it was hard for them to ask. And I, you know, I wish it wasn't hard for them to ask. I'll do anything for my friends and family. I'll do anything. And so it was an absolutely no, no brainer. And actually, I think I'm really going to enjoy it. Uh, it's, she's a very different dog, but on the surface, but I've spent 48 hours with her going on 72 hours. She's no different. She's just like any other dog. She's sweet. She's for, she's forgiving. She's lovable. She's genuine. She's loyal. She'll do what I ask her to do if she understands what I want her to do. 
And if she doesn't understand, her, her, she's wired, and especially her personality. My dad said right away, oh, she's dominant. She's really dominant. She, she is because she's look. she says, no one else is going to be a leader. I will. And that's not a knock on my parents. It's just reality. And they'll, they'll say it. She's a little hot. This little dog is a little hot. Probably not quite what they're used to. Their dogs, my mom bred Goldens. And this is one that, that they bought. Now, they ne- did not compete with their dogs. Their dogs are family dogs and hunting dogs, shooting dogs. That was it. And very little shooting. It was more family dog than anything. And they were just they were really sweet, really calm, really just great, great family disposition. Now, they get excited just like any other dog. But this one, this one's got a little more gusto to it. So we're going we're gonna to spend some time figuring out the little golden. Uh, we're filming it. It's turned into a series uh we you know we're into these series now all of a sudden and we got another one and so it was unplanned i literally didn't know about it until sunday afternoon and sunday afternoon is when the dog went home with us so it's a little curveball but what a weekend we picked up a golden retriever we deposited it on an english setter and we we overcame our fear of fly fishing uh and i and i caught a nice brown trout and so um you know we we put, took some risk we got some reward and i just think that that's that is life in a nutshell. So that's it for the podcast. We talked more fly fishing probably than, than anything. But I did think I do think it's important for you to understand I'm in the exact same boat as those who send me the message to say, how do I find the right puppy? Can you give me some recommendations? Yeah, I'll give you some recommendations. I will not tell you where to get a puppy. You'll never, you'll, you'll never get... I have a copy and paste list of breeders that I send to people that I recommend they talk to and visit. I will not say get a puppy from this person. This is who you need to get it from because I don't know everyone else's dogs. I don't know everyone else's preference is when it comes to training, shooting, uh, lifestyle stuff. You have to put the work in for that. Um, And it is work, but it's also a big commitment. Now, can you get a good one by just, you know, I found it on Craigslist and I bought the puppy. You can. I'm not saying you can't. You certainly can. But... If you're, if you're looking at it as it's a 15-year commitment, my personal recommendation is ensure yourself the best chance for success. And that means not impulsively buying dogs. It was the biggest scare I had over uh, the last few months with COVID. I, I've never gotten so many people to send me messages of, you know where I can get a puppy? We decided to get a puppy because of COVID. Well, how did we know that COVID was even going to last? People were getting dogs because they figured, oh, I got all this time on my hands. And some people went back to work two weeks later. Some people were, went back to work two months later. I got news for you. You can't train a dog in two months or two weeks. So the idea of getting the puppy I loved, the idea of it because of COVID and I have some free time, I didn't love because when things go back to normal, then what? That's when you run into issues. So now can you make it work? Sure you can. But you have to understand that it takes commitment and sacrifice. And when I say sacrifice, it doesn't always mean you got to be a martyr. But you also have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to give up certain things to get other things. And that's what getting these puppies is all about. So Hope you enjoyed it. Nice little quick podcast for you. Fly fishing, setters, and golden retrievers. Talk to you soon.